0: Uh, It's my special privilege to be able to introduce our guest speaker today. He is a graduate of UC Berkeley and Fuller Seminary. And currently he's working on his PhD at the University of Middlesex at the Oxford Center for Mission Studies in uh, Europe. And uh, he has uh, planted five Oikos, Oikos ministries in California uh, in fact, when I was out in L.A. doing my Korea Campus Crusade staff training, I uh, actually went to Oikos Church uh, back in 2003. And so he, uh, along with other pastors, have planted those Oikos churches. And currently, uh, he is ministering in Cambodia with his wife, Pastor Jenny. Uh, he founded a, the Vision to Reality Foundation in 2006, uh, which is a ministry that seeks to plant spirit-filled churches in Cambodia. Uh, He is a huge Soren Kierkegaard fan, very obsessed with the theologian. And uh, he is uh, spirit-filled. He works closely. Uh, He's really good friends with uh, Pastor Samsung of SP in Hong Kong. And also he comes out uh, to minister at Jubilee many times because he's really close to Pastor David Huang. I met Pastor uh, Bob for the first time a year ago. We had dinner in Gangnam and uh it was a wonderful time uh, i think time passed we were together for like 5 hours uh and um uh, it was just a wonderful treat and a pleasure to meet him and it is an honor uh to have him come and minister to us today all right so without further ado let's put our hands together for pastor robert o
1: song for you. Is that
2: okay?
1: I'm telling you, man, this church is so high energy.
2: It's great.
1: You know, we uh, talk about uh, overcoming depression and disappointment and things like that you know i just noticed something about hmm, about that i've been christian for since 79 so 34 years as a christian and uh been to many many churches because of god's call in my life um i've been to 51 countries Um, just this year alone i've been to 16 countries uh spent nine months in traveling and uh Actually, I counted the hours that I spent in the airplane. It's almost 30 days. <laughs> so <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but as I travel and notice um, that, that um, I think as a Christian, especially uh, uh, Christians of the 21st century, we talk about the cross, the, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross, as a solution uh, to solve our problems stand there like wondering, well, that's not what cross is about. Check, check, check. Is it in and out? Check, check. Something, okay, here we go. Oh, it's going in and out. Double check, yeah, okay. So, as I notice, uh, when we start using the cross or the faith as part of the solution to the problem that you face, then what's going to happen is that because problem never never leaves you. It will always be with you. Um, and you will be a continuous cycle of up and down and up and down and up and down. So, the uh, Bible does not talk about using cross as solution to your problem. When Jesus said, you want to be my disciple? Then come follow me. Take up your cross daily. Uh, what he meant was, die. You know, when we say that I'm so disappointed with myself, you're still saying that self exists. You're saying that, oh, I have some, you know, oh, I should have done better, but, you know, I'm not doing it. What, what are you saying? You're saying that, yeah, I should have done better, yeah, because I'm, I'm there, you know. I'm not here, I'm there. And, and you meet someone who's there and like, oh, man, I'm not there yet. Constantly comparing and competing with somebody that you even like you. Sometimes, you know, you admire and you compete. I'm like, why are you competing with me? Well, because I admire you. I want to be like you. Yeah, but listen, the only way that you are going to find true peace is not overcoming the disappointment. Oh, I'm so discouraged. Oh, how can I help you to not discourage? No, that's not the solution, see? Because you are going to be not discouraged today, but tomorrow you'll be discouraged again. You know, because you are going to meet somebody who's better than you tomorrow. Then, oh, and the next day you meet somebody who's worse than you, like, and you get cocky. <laughs> up and down, up and down. The only way that you are going to find peace is to go to the other side and die. <laughs> There's no amen there. <laughs> <laughs> So the total despair, and that's what Soren Kierkegaard (laughs) calls, without that absolute despair, you will not find peace. You will constantly try to live on your own. But it is when you die, so that I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. Amen? So here I am at the uh, School of University of Middlesex. The campus is at Oxford. But it's hard for me to tell people, so which university do you go to? I go to Middlesex. It sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after graduation, you're gonna go upper sex? I mean, what, what's going on here? So, um, But campus is at Oxford. So I just say, Oh, Oxford Center for Missions. I've been there four years. To upgrade to PhD and finally did. I got three years to write my thesis. I'm in my small room feeling miserable, discouraged. This is like, God, I don't want to be here. I already have a doctorate at Fuller. I don't need a second doctorate. You know. But my wife prayed. She prayed, Lord, would you humble my husband? <laughs> and God answered that prayer. I'm at Oxford, just struggling, and I got discouraged. And then I wrote this song. I hope this will minister to you. The lyrics in Korean. First part, it says, "Yesterday Faye was awesome. Today, now I'm breaking down. But Lord, I need, I need you, because I'm in absolute despair."
2: 이제의 믿음은 아름다웠는데 아니 아름답다고 믿었었는데 이렇듯 무너지는 나를 붙잡고 나 이제 오늘의 내일 바라볼까요 but Help me Lord, hold me This is my I am so desperately in despair pain Oh, your love is beautiful, 그렇듯 내가 아니었다면 나 이제 당신께 부어뜨리죠 Help me Lord, hold me This is my prayer I am so desperately in this pain Oh, I am so desperately in this pain
1: Because when we come to worship service like this, uh, we get really supercharged. <laughs> wow, you guys, awesome worship, high intensity. Um, and oftentimes what's going to happen is, especially if you're an introvert like me, uh, you're going to go back home and realize, man, I, I got to keep that up. But it's hard to maintain that on your own. So you're going to feel a little discouraged, and Monday comes. or well, the reality of Monday comes right pms right come on (laughs) pastor's monday syndrome it's pretty serious or post message syndrome for past preachers the monday reality with all the problems and issues come and it's it's hard to keep that up and then oftentimes you're going to find yourself discouraged like oh man how do I do that? And, and, and I need more the dosage of Philly worship or Philly spirituality and all that. And then eventually what's going to happen is instead of looking at Jesus, you're going to look it at that experience. And it almost become like drug. And you need to hit. I, I need it. I need to go back. And, and then in the absence of Christ, and when we use that, then we're going to have up and down and up and down. And pretty, pretty soon, when you hit 50, like me, 52, you're going to say, I've done that, been there, and get discouraged. Because we never learn to go beyond the discouragement to death, dying on the cross with Jesus. Man, it took me a long time to figure that out. And here I am preaching to you free of charge, man. What's going on here? <laughs> this is good stuff. Tell your neighbor, I envy you for listening to that today. I envy you. Because I want you to overcome that. Because I want you to die with Christ today. That you no longer live. The dead man is not tempted. You know, it's like, I feel discouraged. What do you mean you're dead? (laughs) Why do you feel discouraged? How can a dead man feel discouraged? You're dead. You no longer live. And so, when I traveled the world, and especially the first country that I visited when I was 12, 40 years ago, was America. Wow, here I am. You know, I grew up in Korea, Seoul. I thought, like, man, the soul is the soul of the universe, you know, something like that. I was brainwashed in Korea at age 12, 1973, that Korea was a huge country. That's what Tehan Minguk means, a huge country, Tehan, big country. I want you to know that South Korea fits five times in California. <laughs> That's a tiny country. Sohan Minguk. <laughs> but I thought it was a huge country. So here I am, 1973, 40 years ago, going to Culver City Junior High. I think I was like third, fourth Asian in the entire school, right? I go there, and all you know, the kids said, hey, So what are you? I said, I am Korean, you know. <laughs> the question was, what's that? I'm like, what? You don't know Korea? <laughs> Do you know China? Oh, yeah, yeah Bruce Lee, come on. <laughs> yeah, seventh graders at Culver City Junior High in 1973. The context of China was Bruce Lee. I mean, he ruled, yeah. right? So, yeah. Oh, you know China, okay. Do you know Japan? So yeah, they bombed us, man. Come on. So I had to explain to them, China, Japan, Korea. <laughs> I go, oh, oh, wow, 40 years ago, I had to really battle. I mean, my identity was based on China and Japan. And we just, <laughs> we don't exist, right? And it was a struggle. You know? It was issues that, that stems out of there was huge Of course, things have changed now. But when I first went to America, the first shocking thing that hit me was that there is color TV. 73, America supported three Asia countries because they are dying of hunger, literally. Three countries, US supported rice. The three countries in Asia, one was Philippines, the next was Cambodia, third was South Korea. Cambodia was much richer compared to in terms of living standard than South Korea. South Korea in the 70s, when I left this country, was so poor, U.S. actually had to rise aid. Think about that. In one generation, 40 years, we're ranking almost ninth or tenth now in the economic power. I mean, it's just like, how did that happen? Well, because we, the Christians prayed, man. Prayed. In 73, here I am, you know, nobody knows, and we're a poor country, and, 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 and they said, well, we don't know who you are, and, and I have to fight for that identity. I mean, now, of course, you know, city of L.A. is known as city of lots of Asians. That's why it's L.A. <laughs> right? UCLA is 53% Asian. You see lots of Asians. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? And for me to actually experience that in a full cycle of... I mean, can you imagine if I go to any country? I mean, name me a country that I... I, I visited 16 countries this year. I go there and say, oh, so who are you? I'm Korean. They say, what's that? You stupid. <laughs> it's like, you don't know Korea, man? What's your problem? You don't know Gangnam Style? <laughs> you don't know Samsung? You don't know Galaxy? You don't know Hyundai? You don't know Kia? What is your problem? <laughs> right? I don't have issue with my identity because it's not my issue. If you don't know Korea, man, that's your issue. <laughs> 40 years ago, yeah, Culver City Junior High. The reason they wanted to know whether I'm Chinese or Japanese because they wanted to call me a name. Is it Chink or is it a Jap? Yeah, and I, I'm glad they didn't have uh, a slang for Koreans <laughs> I, they do but I refuse to accept it so the, I let them call me chink or jab and I, I tried not to be hurt and I had to literally fight every single day in Culver City Junior High days of the racism because they all want to pick a fight and say come on show me your kung fu man <laughs> I'm like yo man I'm, just, I'm not Chinese <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Bruce Lee, you know, but I had to fight every single day, just getting on the way to school, on the way back from school, you know. And and I said, Lord, when I became Christian, I said, Lord, how did that help me? How did that help me as a Christian? Because you know, I'm not here to talk about about racism and about oh whatever you're experiencing. No, 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 that's irrelevant your discouragement and disappointments that you've experienced in your life was all there so that you could tip over to the other side of dying to self. We spend so much time, so much energy, so much money trying to recover you without dying. Isn't that stupid or what, man? You just have to tip over and die. We spend all that time, years of just trying to heal you and get back you so that you could go back there and die. It is easier for you to make a commitment today than I'm going to die with Christ, so that I no longer live. Amen. Amen. See, Bible says in, in in this context, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, talking about the cross. See, when I went to America 1973, I'm so blown away by this color TV, and you know, I never seen a, a soccer that people throw the soccer ball. <laughs> They call football, you know. I'm like, well, that's silly, you know. Why are they throwing the ball when you could kick it, right? (laughs) So my first introduction to American football, you know, I just couldn't get into it, you know. So, but one thing, peculiar thing, as the camera sweeps the crowd, and there was a man always with the big billboard sign says 316. And I'm like, what is that? What does that 3:16 mean represent? What does that mean? I didn't know. I wasn't a Christian. But then I realized it's John 3:16. That someone was witnessing, was sharing Christ, even at football game. You know, because as the camera sweeps the crowd, they cannot just, you know, black him out. So, camera comes. He always lifts up. There was always that guy, 3:16 guy, in every football game. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. That's the ekis. That's the core of the gospel. And I believe that with all my heart. And I, that's what I teach. I preach 51 countries. But this generation, you, you have to go beyond that. Because we hear it so much. We, we, we recognize and agree that, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. I blab it. I confess it. I must be saved. Yeah, no, no, no. Time out. Yeah, it is 316, but not John 316. You've got to go beyond John 316 and talk about 1 John 316. The 1 John 316 says, this is how we know that what true love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us on the cross, and we ought to lay down, take that cross and die and our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possession and sees his brother in need at Philippine and does not do pity on him, how can love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words and tongue, but with actions and in truth. Wow. Don't talk about being Christian. Live it. Don't share the gospel with words. Live it. Share it. Share it. Share what you got. You know, just... If the world population is 100, you owning a car makes you top 2%. Whoa. Wait, excuse me? Just because I own a car, I am top 2%? Only top 2% of the world population own a car? Absolutely. So if you actually have access to a car, your private vehicle, then you're living top 2% lifestyle. And can you imagine the content of your prayer is the... the the level of your spirituality. God bless you so much that you're living top 2% lifestyle, and yet the content of your prayer is still give it more, give it to me, give it, give me, give me, give me, give me more, give me more, God. My name is Jimmy. You know, that kind of prayer. I don't know where they come from, but think some other rap, I think, you know. But we're constantly asking the Lord for stuff. To fill our I mean just we just we need more money because I, I need to buy stuff that stuff that I don't even like. I need to buy to impress people I don't even like. With money I don't even have. And the credit card debt and then and now I need to work double and you know, I owe, I owe, off the work I go. And that's the kind of thing and eighty seven percent of American people hate their job. Can you imagine that? 87% of American workforce hate their job. Only 13% do whatever they do because they feel like, "Hey, I love this. I just, I love it." Why would 87% of American job force hate their job? Because they owe so much money. They have to go to work because they bought all this. They bought out by the gospel of consumerism, and you need to buy to make yourself happy. Buy stuff that you don't really need. And then Lord says, "But you're top two percent." When, when Philippine hits, I want top 2% to give sacrificially so that they, they will save those people and share the gospel with the people. Let not your salvation be of lips and tongue, but in action and in truth. And the gospel that we need to proclaim is just that. You know, I, I really think that as I... Been in mission Field since 86. You know, I did our first mission trip to Tokyo 86 with a bunch of second-gen young people in America, you know, the old Ivy Leaguers. You know, we had 35 of them going through Tokyo and witnessing and come to Seoul and, and then we did a crazy stuff. And we've been start planting churches, Siberia 97, we planted 27 churches in Siberia and been going there in and out and just doing a lot of crazy stuff and, and then I think there's a there's a kind of, kind of missional fashion these days about sex trafficking and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I understand. Okay, I understand. We need to. But, I mean, it just almost became a fashionable to talk about. Like, why, I mean, I want to be involved with sex trafficking ministry. One day I was talking and some guy came up to me and said, I want to give my life to sex trafficking ministry. You know what I told him? I said, son, stop your internet porn first. You know. Wow, it was so convicting for him. You know, he's like, whoa, how'd you know? <laughs> the sad thing is, 45% of men now are involved with internet porn. And the saddest, even sadder fact is that there's no difference between Christian men and non-Christian men. Right? Right? And so, before we talk about how we need to go out there and help out with, you know, this sex trafficking and all that, just stop. Shut up. Just stop. Calm down before you hurt yourself. Really check, check with God. What am I doing with my life? How am I going to help these girls? Because I'm promoting that by turning into that garbage. How can America help? America has no right to talk about sex trafficking issue because we are the one who producing 20,000 porn titles per year and making billions against the... I mean, how do you come up with 20,000 titles of porn material? It takes creative minds. <laughs> Subject is just sex. Come up with 20,000 porn title and we, Americans, have audacity to say, we're going to go solve the problem. No, you caused the problem. You need to go apologize, not saying that I'm going to have a solution to your problem. No, no. You need to really, really apologize. You know, I was in Indonesia. When I was in Indonesia, the, our, the junior Bush president, the son Bush president was coming. <laughs> coming to Indonesia. You know, it's a, it's a Muslim country. And here I am in a Muslim country, and, and I'm reading a newspaper at uh, Indonesia. Jakarta, and, and you know, they said, sir, wh- why, why I, is your president coming to our country? You know what the agenda was? He, you wouldn't believe. He brought all these businessmen from America who sells tobacco, alcohol, and porn. These are the ma- three major industries that President Bush came and tried to push it down on Muslim country, saying that it's WTO, World Trading Organization, you need to be fair. You need to take this stuff. I'm like, and so this Muslim guy said, keep your garbage in your country. Why is Hollywood producing this garbage and infiltrating Muslim country? And I have to sit there, not like, well, let me give you the gospel. No, I said, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, don't, I don't look American, I know. <laughs> But I'm thoroughly banana. (laughs) Yellow outside, white inside. And as a banana representation of America, I want to apologize to you. You know, when I went to Siberia, my first trip to Siberia... There was actually the bunch of Siberian people came out to see America. Because they said this American guy is coming from America. Bunch of old people came from America, from Siberia, to see America. And they said, you don't look American, you know. (laughs) But I am. I lived there 40 years. In 1979, when they did the drafting, Jimmy Carter did the drafting. I was the first one to go and, 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 and register. And, you know, there was all these hippies at Berkeley. You know, Hey, man, what you doing, man? I said... I am American. You know? <laughs> and if there's a war, I want to fight for my country. You know. And they said, all these APs guys, no, 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 I'm political. No, no, it's not political stuff, it's personal stuff. I want to be American. I, I owe this country. And I, I, I'm going to fight for this country. So I'm thoroughly American. And yet, your identity, whether American, Korean, I don't know who you are, where you're from, doesn't matter. You went through some. Hell. And don't try to do it. Undo that. Tip over. Die. Just say, Lord, I I cannot do this on my own. Jesus, this is just too much. Too much pain. Too much suffering. I just came out from Cambodia two weeks ago and talk about sex trafficking. We have a ministry where take the girls out, and we work with teams that take girls out and train them and equip them, and two, three years. It takes minimum two, three years just for them to get normal. Can you imagine being sexualized several times a day for, you know, I mean, countless years. And so this girl, about 16-year-old, came out of the brothel and finally, because let me tell you, majority of the girls there, they don't want to come out. Unlike a lot of the Hollywood the, the documentary stuff, that. I, mean, I, I live there. I visit the sites, and, and, and even when we give them opportunity to work eight to five, they just cannot handle it because they just don't have that framework. So it's not like, oh, they're all in prison. No, they're not. You know, high percentage, very high percentage of them, just that's the choice they made. I know some of them are sold. I understand that. But it's not as Hollywood as you think. So don't get all hyped up and get all, get, you know, just listen. So here, I, here we are, and ministering to this 16-year-old girl, came out and spent about 2 years getting all equipped and then loves the lord and now ready to really lunch, and we taught them how to bake and so she's going to be part of the bakery team and she's going to have a job she's going to live, live a normal life and finally but she started looking depressed and so one of our people my leader that said pastor oh you know that girl yeah I just she wants to go back to prostitution i said why it's crazy nonsense she's like living in heaven right now <laughs> compared to what she lived and he said, no, you don't understand, Pastor o. She got a call from her mom saying that you're not sending home any money anymore. When you are a prostitute, you send us home money. We need, we need you to send money. If you don't, we're going to send your 12-year-old sister to prostitution. Wow. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? Uh, I said, God, that's just horrendous, God. I believe that girl read the scripture the following. This is how we know that love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for me. That I ought to lay down my life for my sister. Because I don't want my 12-year-old sister to be a prostitute. That's the cross that I'm going to take. It's a bizarre theology, but listen. She understands the consequence of that act. Because she truly believes that that's the cross that she needs to bear. And she struggled. And then she disappeared for a couple of days. And we're wondering where she was. Few days later she came back smiling and she said, You know what, I've been praying, and I realized my parents is not human. They deserve to go to prison. So she contacted local police, imprisoned them, went and saved her twelve year old girl, brought her to the center. Hallelujah. But as a missionary, we have no legal right to intervene in that kind of stuff. We just need to pray and ask God for wisdom. What wisdom is that? Wow. I know she really died to herself in that situation. She died. She said, I'm going to not go back as be a prostitute. She died. And God gave solution. She resurrected her faith. Some of you are going through some tough times. I know. I know. It is tough for you right now at this stage of your life. Because it's going to not stop, guys. It's going to continue. You know, all my kids are grown 29, 26, 24. They're all grown. But I remember, you know, so humorously, my first daughter, when she was graduating from kindergarten, elementary, the elementary graduation, this little tiny girl comes up saying, Now that we graduate from <laughs> kindergarten and facing the real world, you know.
2: <laughs> so,
1: so cute. Because <laughs> in her eyes, Kindergarten was, you know, and junior high is as real as it gets. <laughs> now, I'm sure the smart girl, she's going to graduate from junior high. said, so now that we're graduating from junior high and facing the real world of high school, I mean, that's where life begins, right? And you will probably graduate from high school saying the same thing. Graduate, go to grad school because you couldn't get a job. <laughs> oh, it hurt somebody right there. <laughs> Now, you graduate from grad school and now you have no more excuses. Now you need to face the real world. After job, you need to get married. After marriage, you got to have kids. After kids, you got to send your kids through the same cycle of <laughs> the real world. <laughs> Folks, it doesn't end. It continues. You're going to struggle, struggle, struggle. Until you die, there will be no freedom. You have to say, Lord, I I cannot handle on this, handle life on my own. You know, we, we make it so palatable for men and women of faith to try to make faith so reasonable. You believe because it's reasonable, it's not faith, it's an agreement. You believe because it's unbelievable. Amen? Amen. You need to say, God, I don't know what I'm gonna Lord, but Lord, I trust you. I'm just gonna jump. I said, Jump, Lord, and then you take me. You take care of me. You take me to places, Lord. We need to see with this exciting worship, exciting time. Of, you know, I just, I'm excited for you guys. Because you have that intensity, spiritual energy, and it's like you're there. That's great. Now, don't try to sustain there, tip over. <laughs> Would you, would you turn to your, with loving eyes, okay? Would you, te- would you tell somebody, die. Die. No. Wow. The entire church just breaks out into rejoicing right here. What's going on here? Wow, this is great. Your church has potential. You must die to yourself. You know what Jesus demands from you? You wouldn't die to your dream. Because your dream has become your God. And you've been begging God. Like, God, oh, no, not, no, Lord. I like him, Lord. Oh. Oh. Lord, just let me marry him, Lord. And, and Lord says, but I have someone much better for you, girl. Amen. Come on, girls. Give it to me. Come on. Guys, come on. Make your move. Make your move. What's holding you back? You know, church like this, church like this have wedding, five, six weddings a week. What's holding you back, guys? I was, I was walking down the street. I remember the date. It was August 3rd. August 3rd. I was walking down the street, 11 p.m. And then Lord said, it's Jenny. I'm like, what about Jenny, Lord? It's your wife. Like, whoa. <laughs> I turned around, went to her apartment, knocked on her door, apartment, and Jenny come out. I said, Jenny, Lord just spoke to me. Lord said, "I need to marry you, but it's your choice, and I'm giving you 24 hours to decide." Now, true story, true story on my side. You have to listen from her side story later, but. So, but I was 19 years old. I was third year at UC Berkeley. And I proposed to her. She said yes. And I waited one year. I decided to graduate, right? So when I graduated, 20 days later, I married her January 21st, 1984. Yeah. And we've been happily married for the last 30 years. And I always tell the Lord, I say, Lord, of all the hearing of the voice, that is the best one I heard. You know, I'm like, I'm so glad I obeyed you when I listen. It's not important how well you listen. It's important how well you obey. You could brag about, I could hear God, I could hear God all day long. (laughs) Until you obey. So, brothers, let me ask you one more time. What's keeping you? Listen and obey. Get it over with, guys you got a whole life together to serve the Lord and build the kingdom of God together. Amen? Yeah, I mean, my goodness. Because Lord speaks. Lord wants to take you. And Lord wants to remind you that it's not you. You have nothing to do with this. Simply obey. You know, 20 years, 23 years ago, I planned my first church. I'm doing crazy stuff. You know, like Bible study, 6 a.m., businessmen's group, you know, and then went to Cal State, you know, uh, Cal Poly Pomona and preaching and then leadership training. And 11 p.m., I'm coming home tired, wasted, like, oh, God, I feel great. Because i rather, I rather burn out than rust out. You know, that was my thing when I was young. <laughs> now I'm trying to do neither, you know. But, so, but I was really burning out. You know, I was working 17 hours a day, you know, literally. I'm just going crazy. 11 p.m., coming home. 1991, 1992, we had no cell phone. And then Lord comes to me in my, visits me in the car and said, I want you to see somebody. I said, Lord, it's 11 p.m. I work 17 hours. Well, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to go see so and so. I said, Lord, you know, these days I could call, cell phone. I have no cell phone. I don't have their address. I said, Lord, I, how am I going to get there? You know what Holy Spirit said? I will lead you there. Now, okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> now that's too far out. At the back of my mind, I'm hearing, you know, you enter into the <laughs> twilight zone, you know. So I said, okay, that's a little bit too much. I always preach about, you know, hearing God, but that's a bit too much, Lord. How are you going to get me there? I said, get off. So I'm getting off from the freeway. Well, I'll take right turn there. Take left turn there. You see the freeway. Get on. or oh, get off now. <laughs> right turn. Left turn. Park. Park right now. Take a look to your left. That was that guy closing down sandwich shop. Wow. Every hair of my body went up. (laughs) Every hair. Wow, it's crazy. I said, Lord, this is crazy. How did I get here? I said, I want you to. So he said, Pastor Bob, what are you doing here? I don't know. Why am, I, why am I doing here? He said, he, he was closing down, the, he put it down, and he started crying, weeping. He said, Pastor, six months ago, our father, uh, my father left, abandoned our family. I'm a college kid, and I've been working sandwich shop, and then, did you, do you realize the only time you could see me is between 1230 and 1, where I'm cleaning the shop? Because after that, I'm going to a warehouse. I'm an all-night warehouse guard. And I've been working like this six months to keep our family afloat financially. And I've been crying out to God for, God, send me somebody to talk to me. And here I am, you know. And I told him, you know, when I was 18, my father abandoned the family because he joined the Japanese cult. And, and and I was sharing about him and we wept and we cried together, blessed him. And years later, I found him going to Bible college and wants to serve the Lord and but the crazy thing is, on the way back, I got so lost, I came home at 3 a.m. <laughs> I, I went, I woke my wife up and said, Jenny, guess what happened, you know? And, and I tested, and then I went to sleep. Next morning, I got up and opened up the L.A. city, L.A. map. I had to go to two different cities to get to a sandwich shop from where I started. I just mind-boggling. Does God... Speak to you today, absolutely. But are you ready to obey? The Lord says, I love you. I died on the cross for you, that you may live life abundantly. But you still struggle with your ego and you still struggle with your identity, you're still struggling with who you are, who you think you are, who you want to be. When God says, no, die to yourself now, that I may start leading you and guiding you, take you to places you would not imagine. I pray that New Philly will be, with all that high-intensity and energy, will start following Jesus, encountering Him as Lord and Savior. Die with Christ that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. I want to just lead you in a few minutes of prayer that I think is appropriate. If I could have an organist or some, some music behind, I just want some music because I, I just want you to lead you to prayer. Is there anyone who is still struggling with your identity? Because you feel like, God, I, I don't really have what people have and I feel inferior. Well, some of you even have the opposite problem. God, I just have I think I'm so good and I, I can do so many things and <laughs> I, I don't know what, what you're going through but I know that you are desperate. Some of you are so desperate right now because things are not going well and you're so disappointed. You're so discouraged. And honestly, although you came and had this wonderful worship, some of you even this weekend consider like, maybe I should just end it. It's not worth it. Because you heard the enemy. Because, oh God, the Bible says there, there's, there's no more condemnation in Christ Jesus. And then the enemy constantly starts constantly condemning you for the things you've done wrong and things you're not good at and things you cannot even compete with those awesome Christians. And you feel discouraged. Would you listen from our Lord Jesus who tells you, Child, I love you. I love you so much. I took that cross and went to the cross and shed those precious blood for you. Now it's your turn to take up that cross daily and follow me. Die to yourself that you may live in me. That I may start oozing out of you that you no longer, it's not an ego issue, it's not self-issue. It is Jesus' issue. It's Jesus who's going to touch the lives of the people. So Jesus, we say, Lord, I, I want to die to myself today. I want to take my cross today. I want to take this cross, Lord, and take up your cross. And Lord, I want to be with you. I want to follow you. I want to be your servant. I want to be a disciple, Lord Jesus. I, want to talk. I don't want to talk about Christianity. I want to live Christ. I don't want to have a good intention. I want the act of, of good, be, good deeds and truth, Lord God. Hey, can we just say that with your own words? together in unison. I'm going to wrap up in prayer. Let's do that together. Let's pray. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, come, Lord God. Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you, Lord God. And we die to ourselves, Lord. And we take, take that cross, Lord God. And we want to go, Lord God, where you lead and where you guide and where you, Father, take. Father, I just thank you. I praise you. I give you glory, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And minister. Holy Spirit, come touch us Lord God. Holy Spirit come and minister to us Lord God. We admit our weakness Lord God. There's nothing we can do on our own God. And we say Jesus, Jesus I stand before you humble, humbling ourselves Lord God. And we say Jesus come take over my life, take over my will, take over my things, take over my ideas and thoughts Lord God. I die to even my dreams and my wishes and even die to the things Father that we believe Lord God. Father I pray that we'll believe Lord God. We'll truly live out our faith. Lord would you come oh Holy Spirit come touch us fill us that we may live for you that we may be empowered by you Jesus as we take of our cross daily and die to ourselves Lord God Jesus in us the indwelling Holy Spirit take us lead us guide us enable us to be your representation to the world Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful testimonies coming out of this church. Wow, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We give you glory and thanks, Lord Jesus. Be exalted. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess, Lord, that you are God. You are God, Jesus. And now, Lord God, as we go forth from this place, take over. Lead and guide. Come upon us, Lord God. Lead us in us, Lord God. Paracletos. walk with us, Lord God. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. We give you glory and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's give God a big hand, shall we?